It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Um, today we have a special guest with us. Um, first, um, Jared. Uh, dang it, I should have asked before how the podcast started. Remer? Reamer. Reamer, see? Like, yeah. see, I, 99% of the time I do, and this is the one time I don't. So Jared Reamer with You're us. Um, he is the offensive line coach at Cedarville High School in Arkansas. Uh, it's in Cedarville, Arkansas. It's just north of Van Buren. Um, coach, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, pleasure to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Coach. Um, and then for anybody wondering, uh, Mike Deary will probably not be here today. Um, he he went a little hard in the paint last night after the Buckeyes beat Clemson. And, oh, I get it. All I, all, all I heard last night could, um, was that he was wearing his lucky sh- sweatshirt. And, it's, and I quote, the power of the sweatshirt. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Power of the sweatshirt let him down. He needs a new one. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. We'll see. So, but, co- Coach, like I said, I, um, I'm glad I was able to get you on. Um, we're going to talk a little trap and quick pitch today. Um, but before we get into any of that, um, have you coached in the wing tee your entire career? Uh, no, actually. So when I first got um, – when I first got out of college, actually, uh, there were no jobs open in the area. And so I had to volunteer at a uh, junior high for about two years while I was working another job. Um, they were predominantly pro-I um, as an offense. Now, they'd switch some stuff around and do stuff like that. When I got hired on at Cedarville, um, we kind of flipped around between. But he wanted to be wing T. Uh, ultimately, we ended up going two tie double wing. Uh, my first year there, that was 2011. Uh, 2012 and 2013, we had the skill kids to run the spread. So you'd see a lot of doubles, trips, empty. Uh, we had a good quarterback, good running back, some decent sized linemen. Uh, then we went to a double slot look uh, with a different head coach, and we were in that for two years. And this is the fifth or sixth year now uh, that we're in the wing tee. Um, so it's kind of been a hodgepodge, but I would say mostly wing tee type based, okay. um, you know, with a little, little differences here and there. What, what was that transition like for you from that power eye stuff to the dabbling to the full blown wing tee? How did that process work for you as an offensive line coach? It was different um, because I'd never really seen the wing tee I'd never um obviously coached the lineman part of it in the wing tee um a lot of the power eye stuff at that junior high level was basically like a man on system like you have a guy on you yes okay block him unless we were running a power or a counter 
Um, so it took some adjusting to uh, learning the angles and learning the different blocks that you could do uh, to really help you out, learning how to you can kind of cheat with your splits a little bit. Um, so all that took some time to get used to, but uh, it's been it's been pretty good. Awesome, coach. And then from from a technique standpoint, what was like the biggest change you had when you took over, made that switch? Um, really the stance, because with the man on, um, <clears throat> what that head coach wanted us to do was be really heavy on our hands. So you would almost get like kind of like a defensive lineman stance where you have a bunch of weight on your hand, you're really heavy on your toes. Um, with the wing tee, because you get so much pulling action one way or the other, whether you're scooping to a linebacker, you're pulling to kick on like a buck sweep, um, you really want to be balanced to where you could go one way or the other. Uh, you want to have weight on your hand, but not so much that if I grabbed your hand and picked it up, you're just going to fall over. Uh, so it took a little tinkering with the stances and talking to other coaches and seeing how they teach it to really kind of refine what we do. Okay, coach. Um, and then, um, is there anything drill-wise that, like, what what is your, how curiosity your everyday drills look like? What is your focus as a wing T offensive line coach? We really, I really am nitpicky on the stance. One thing we always do is stance and starts. Now, one thing that's a little bit different about me, I don't love blocking sled. I like blocking other people more than I like blocking the sled because the sled doesn't give you the same type of resistance that um, another human will. Now we can dial up the resistance with the other person, with the scout team guys, as much as we want and say, Hey, go give them a little resistance as we're still learning this versus hey, this is, you know, week eight, give them about 80% resistance, make them work. Um, we'll do stance and starts on that. Uh, we work on having a good base. Uh, we work on stepping opposite or uh, pushing off our opposite leg. So, for example, if I'm trying to reach to my right, my first motion should be pressing off my left foot. And then my right foot's going to catch me like under my hip where I need to be. And that keeps me in a power position versus what I was always doing. And I just made this change recently. Um, I think everyone that's done offensive line has always been taught the six inch jab step, uh, so to speak. And then when I really started looking at it, um, you lose a lot of your power when you take and you step and put your shin at a weird angle when you take that step and you lose some of your power. You can you have the tendency to get outstretched to where now your your quads and your hips aren't up under you anymore. You're more outstretched. It's more of a long arm uh, with your leg. And uh, I noticed that we lost a lot of power and we would start coming up in our stance versus kind of staying low and down where I want them to be. So every single day we drill that and you can tell the difference and the kids can tell the difference. And that was my big thing. Can you feel the difference with this? Yeah, I can feel it to the point that when they will fire out and do something, they'll come back to me and say, uh, I didn't get the right stance. It didn't feel right when I fired out. Um, but we work, uh, we'll work down blocks every single day. Uh, we'll work reach blocks and the different techniques that we'll do for that. Um, and then obviously I've got to divide my time up between O-line and D-line. So 
you know, we kind of work both as much as we can. Okay. Well, let's start ahead and moving on to kind of today. I mean, like I said, we, me, me and you kind of messaged back and forth and talked crap, trap and quick pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, we'll start with this say, I mean, why are trap and quick pitch to your better plays before we get into the diagrams that who, who goes where and some film? Like, why do you think that's two of the better things you guys do? Trap, uh, in my opinion, is one of the better plays in football because it hits so quick and it's so down. It's such a downhill come get some play. Uh, it doesn't take a long time to develop. Um, there are guys that could be a problem, like a defensive end. For, let's say you're going against a forefront. You have a dominant defensive end. Well, you don't necessarily have to worry about him on that particular play because you're not trapping him. You're going to trap the defensive tackle. So it allows you to, in some instances, not worry about blocking a stud defensive end, so to speak. Um, Like I said, it just hits so fast that, you know, you're usually good for, you know, four to five yards when you run it and you can run it with our offense you can run a trap with your quarterback out of a wildcat set uh you could run it with a fullback you could run it with a halfback um and we use pretty much all those variations during the course of the season uh, i also like the angle it gives because generally we don't have the biggest lineman yeah. in our conference and so that angle where he's going and he's attacking the near hip on potentially a much larger defensive lineman instead of having to base block that guy we're hitting him in the hip and knocking him out of the way and then if we get on the linebackers now you're in the secondary and it's kind of a one-on-one matchup with our running back fullback against your safety or a corner okay so this is our this is our base set one um one thing that's a little bit different uh with us we are tight end wing left versus a tight end wing right which a lot of people will do. Um, and these are kind of the base rules that we have. Um, this is against a 5-2. Most everyone will play a 50 front against us. So, for example, you know, we're here, and this is just going to be a normal fullback trap. Um, our running back's going to fake the sweep. Buck sweep is our main bread and butter play, so to speak. Uh, so everything goes off of that. And that's one thing I think that some people don't understand about the wing tee. It is a full system. It's kind of like wide zone. Like you can't just dabble in it and say, oh, well, I like this wing tee play and put it in there. You have to have the full system and the complement of plays that go off of it. Um, So, you know, we always start day one teaching the bug sweep. And then the next play we start with is the trap. So our running back is going to fake bug sweep. Wing will block, our wing back will end up blocking outside. This corner is going to be probably around in here, this area. Uh, Our tight end generally goes to the safety. Most teams will creep their safety up almost to linebacker level. He might be at the hash. Uh, If we're in the middle of the field, they roll that guy down to help be an extra um, hat in the box to try to stop our sweep. We won't block this defensive end. Now, what we tell our tight end or whoever happens he happens to be outside of is don't let that guy cross your face. Our play side tackle and our play side guard have, besides the trap, the two most important blocks. They have to get the linebacker sealed. And what we have seen is that the linebackers 
Um, if they get sealed, it's a difference between it being potentially a touchdown and being like a two or three yard play. So those guys releasing, especially the guard and getting the guard out of the way of our pulling guard uh, is huge. Now our center, if we have an odd front, he is reaching play side. So a lot of times teams will park a shade right here to try to stop. If he's a tight shade, we can still reach him with our nose and then trap the next guy. If he's really playing in the gap right here in between, he's not really a one, but he's not really a shade. Uh, we will actually trap this guy and he will end up blocking back. Um, backside guard pulls and traps. If he's pulling to his left, his left shoulder should make contact with the left hip of that defense tackle. And then this guy, it really just depends with our right tackle on who this dude is right here. Most of the time we get a four eye to our backside. If that is a dude, I tell my backside tackle to cut him. Um, I personally like the cut block. Um, it's not cheap, dirty per se. Um, I like cutting them as much as we can because it gets them thinking about, oh, this guy could cut me. And what we found out is it slows down them firing off the ball quite as fast as they usually do when you don't. Um, if this guy's more of a head up four or even a five out here and this guy bumps out to be kind of like a nine, uh, then his job is to scoop and try to get to this linebacker. And his path that we tell him is you're aiming at the play side linebacker to block the backside linebacker because this guy's any good at all. Once he sees this guy pull, he should be screaming over here. So you've got to run where he's going, not where he's at. And then we tell our fullbacks, dive right and then cut left. So he'll dive right, end up in here, and then he's supposed to bank it out here. And then, in theory, you know, on paper, go score. In terms, what's the – for your tight end and tackle there, play side – uh, what technique do you tell them to get up to the second batter? Do you, do you have them dip and rip through um, if there's anybody on them? Um, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, especially... Our tight end, what we've found out that most people with our tight end, they're going to jam them at the line of scrimmage. And so he's really got to work on ripping through. It doesn't happen to the tackle quite as much, but the tight end, they will try to jam him just to keep him from just, you know, you know, running here and then running like a flag route and being wide open at about the 30. Um, he's got to be good with his hands as far as shedding a defensive lineman or a linebacker that's trying to just jam him at the line and hold him up for a little bit. Um, they come down and work some of the stuff with us when we're doing our defensive line stuff. Cause honestly, a lot of our tight ends are defensive linemen. So some of the techniques that we do, uh, the rip, the swat and swim, stuff like that, um, it ends up helping them as far as getting off that pressure that gets on the front line. Uh, the tackle, it usually doesn't happen quite as much. If we really had a true odd front, if it wasn't a 50, if these 90s were feathered out quite a bit and these two defensive tackles were more like four eyes where they're splitting him down the middle, I always tell him, if he's inside of you, try to release and go over the top because if you take that first kind of outside step, this guy might end up following you. And when he follows yeah. you, it ends up making the gap bigger and it helps your pulling guard. 
Okay. Um, and then what I tell them, once you get on this linebacker, obviously we want to get them by the chest plate and get that internal external rotation. Sorry, we want to pin our elbows to our rib cage. And then I always tell them we want to frame our feet around them to where we've got them. And once we get our hands on them here, we're still moving our feet, but they're outside of their feet. So we've kind of got them. They're stuck. And, you know, if we get on them and can get on them and stay on them for a second or two, uh, the way that that play hits, our backs should be past them at that point. Yeah. Again, it's a, a lot of it's anticipating and knowing them knowing where's the ball going. You know, where do I need to be? Where do I need to get my butt turned where I can seal this guy off and create a safe path for our running back? So quick pitch is a weak side toss play for us. Um, it's a we'll run this, especially if teams are overloading uh, over on the play side with our tight end to try to stop our buck sweep. Um, we'll also run it. We ran it a bunch a few years ago against a team from Oklahoma. Um, we were running our belly play which is a weak side ISO, we we're running that right in here. So they were loading everyone in here to stop that play. And there was basically just a corner outside. And if we can catch someone doing stuff like that, we'll just run quick pitch until they stop it. So, you know, there's a couple of different ways we can do it. Um, this is the first install that we teach. So we have our wide receiver uh, crack block, the first uh, linebacker that's off the line of scrimmage. Um, our play side tackle is reaching the first guy outside of him. So in this scenario, this four eye is kind of inside of him. He wouldn't necessarily block him. He would actually be trying to get out here. Once he sees this guy's blocked, then he's really looking for this linebacker. We tell our guard, you are pulling. This is the, this is the one play, man, that you get to show how fast you are. <laughs> you, know, you get to show mommy and daddy how fast you are. You are pulling like your hair is on fire out here toward the corner. Not, we tell them, like, you're probably not going to make contact with that guy. He's a better athlete than you are. So run at him as fast as you can. If he just sits there and takes it, by all means, run him over. But if he dodges you, that's good. Our running back's reading where he's going, and he's just going to cut opposite of you. So generally with our linemen, they their main rule is we are stepping play side. We're trying not to let any of these defensive linemen cross our face, but we're really worried more about the second yeah. level. You know, this backside defensive end should not catch our running back because our quarterback's going to reverse out and pitch it, and he's going to catch the ball probably right here. If this backside defensive end can run him down all the way over here, uh, it's probably going to be a long night for us anyway. If that backside end catches him, Coach, that kid's playing at Alabama next year. And, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it doesn't matter what you run at that point. You're not. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and, and, and that's why I told him, guys, if he catches us, we're in trouble anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, try to try to get to the guys that we think have the better shot of making the play over here um you know and then sometimes we won't even we won't even block that corner sometimes we might send this guy and try to send him up to the safety uh and have this guy come and try to uh yeah. you know reach this guy depending on where he's at if he's gonna apex the tackle and number one if that's his rule 
you know, we might scoot this guy in a little bit closer and then send him to the safety and make that corner tackle our uh, running back all night long. Yeah, I find that it, it's that end outside back or whatever you want to call it, the receiver getting them kind of depends on his leverage and depth. Like when they're super tight to the line, it's like now nah, tackle just go reach him. I'll go mm-hmm. back. I'll go backer to safety climbing up. Yeah, and these safeties aren't obviously they're not going to be this deep with yeah. what we do. Now we pass the ball um, not as much as a normal team probably, uh, but most of these safeties they're probably like a yard or two maybe behind the linebackers. So they're sitting at you know, eight, nine yards deep, something like that against us, uh, just because we typically don't throw the ball as much. But we've got a good quarterback uh, that's returning that'll be a senior, and we got a bunch of our backfield back. So, um, you know, we ho- hopefully, you know, they stay pressed up in the box, and it opens up our packs- passing game a lot more this next year. Yeah. No, I get, I get you, Coach. Like, I mean, that, that's like, so that was my biggest thing on that receiver blocking down. Um, I love quick pitch personally. I, when I was a freshman head coach, I ran it. We ran a little bit of it this year and the year before, or variations of it. Um, especially, especially I, we don't run really any buck sweep um, in our program, at least the past two years. We just had, we, we've had such a good fullback. We've, we've been more of a belly down team uh, just because he was a stud. Um, but like when you, when you run buck sweep that much, it's a great. I I personally think it's a great compliment. And then I know like Kenny Simpson and um, what's oh god from Louisiana store. Um, I know they both run like a variation of a quick buck where it essentially just turns into a pass or a pitch, and they essentially just run buck sweep quick side essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other variation I've seen. But it's really just a variation of quick pitch is all that really is. Um, yeah, and sometimes we'll move uh, our wing. We'll move our wing over here to try to help this tackle. This guy's more of an yeah. athletic type kid, and both of them will be trying to reach this end. And we've I've told him, you know, worst case scenario, if he's just flying outside like some teams want to do uh, to try to stop quick pitch, just get on him and take him to the yeah. sideline, and our back will cut off of your block. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing I like to do is, is put that start that wing on the quick pitch side and shuffle them over to the other side. Because mm-hmm. we talk about it all the time on this podcast. I'm not coaching to beat you as a coach. I'm coaching to beat the 14, 18-year-olds out on the field. And 14, 18-year-olds do not have the eye discipline of a college or NFL player. They just don't. Especially- oh, no. And, and I'm uh, – you know, we – What we're known for, if you talk to coaches in our league, we really run seven or eight base plays, but we will throw 55 formations at you. Just moving, you know, like we might send our wing out here. We might send our tight end out here and have the wing be here, and then we might send him in motion and stuff. I personally think motions mess with the defense more than formations do, per se. Yeah. You know, you let them get lined up, and then you start moving people around on the fly, and, you know, you can see the wheels starting to turn, especially if you have to have a lot of sophomores out there, and they're just like, whoa, what is going on, yeah. you know? Um, 
because you can practice lining up to formations and certain motions, but if you do some of the stuff like, like what Kansas City does with Tyreek Hill, you know, <laughs> yeah. where he's just running all over the place, like, well, how do you know how to line up to that? You know, now this looks like a jumbled mess, <laughs> but this is out of our one set. So yeah. um, basically we are creating a wall with down blocks yeah. here on the play side. And so – you know, wings blocking down, tight ends blocking down, tackles blocking down. I tell my play side guard, you are pulling, and the first bad color you see, we are trying to kick them out. And same thing, I give them a basic rule. If we pull left, we hit left. If we pull right, we hit right. When I tell my center, and this is this is one thing that's a little bit different, we don't block back yeah. on our uh, buck sweep like some teams will. He reaches play side. We actually block back, per se, with our uh, fullback. So we fake fullback trap. And so he's responsible for backside A-gap. My backside guard, what we tell him, once you clear the center, you're really kind of peaking. When I say peaking, when you're pulling to your left, we want you turning and be peaking over your right shoulder, looking for someone that might be coming through on a blitz, But really what we're telling him is you're wrapping pretty tight, usually right in here because the wing's gone by then. So it's usually off the tight ends down block. You're wrapping and the threat's going to be coming from in here. It's not going to be out here. So anytime in practice we see him pulling and his eyes are looking out here, I'll get on him and say, look, there's one bad guy out here. You know, there's 10 bad guys in here. Where do you think the threat's coming from? Oh, and then they understand. And then back here – Again, kind of the same thing. He's scooping and he's supposed to get to a backside linebacker if possible. I really like, again, cutting as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, Especially if this is a dude just getting some extra shots on the legs uh, to where they have to worry about it. Um, uh, That's something that I like. Now, if he's way out in a five, I'm not going to worry about him. But if he's a four, if he's playing a four eye technique, we're going to try to cut him and just make him worry about, well, am I going to get cut this play or am I not? And it slows down his pass rush um, is what we have found. Okay. There you go, Coach. I just wish a corner would line up. This is our basic – we call this a one set. Yeah. Uh, This is the set we first install. Now we do all kinds of different variations and motions later on. But, you know, first day of seventh grade football, this is what we're installing. Yeah. Like I said, I, I just wish a corner would line up against us like that. That'd be awesome. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Now he'll be. Uh, yeah, he'll be. Yeah. Uh, he'll he'll be he'll be hanging somewhere out here. And like I said, this safety against us most of the time, they rock this safety down a little bit more, yeah. and he's more. He's not necessarily right in the middle of the formation, but he's cheating that way because he still yeah. want they still want him over here to be able to help. Uh, in case we run a quick pitch or we hit that uh, weak side belly, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, we also run a reverse um, kind of a double handoff thing, which is the best play in seventh grade football besides the uh, freeze play, the no count. Yeah. Um, that's a seventh grade killer. If you get, if you hit, if you can actually make the handoff on a reverse, seventh graders have no idea what's going on. This is a trap play. Uh, we're the team in blue and white. This is our game against Berryville this year. Yeah, I was going to say, just maximize it, Coach. There you go. There we go. 
that is our um, that's Hayden Partain. He's our uh, fullback. Like I said, we've we've split kind of a doubles look. This is a five set, so we've got our uh, running back, our main running back, right here at the slot position. Uh, fullback here, super super smart kid. Got uh, I think a thirty one or a thirty two on the ACT. Um, he's basically another coach out there. Um, but he really worked hard to transform his body over the off season, even during the lockdown and stuff. He, uh, went from 185 to 215, just dragging tires and lifting weights and stuff. Hard nosed kid. I mean, we just love him to death. Um, he's really good about yards after contact. This is our quick pitch, and you can see this is our uh, guard who's going to pull out. This is our tackle. Now, this is where we've moved our wing back over here to kind of help because we're actually running quick pitch into the boundary. So, he, everyone's reaching outside. We got a couple of down blocks. There goes Daryl. In for a touchdown. Here's a better look at a quick pitch. We got to talk to him about being a little more uh, deceptive about where he's going to go instead of just eyeballing this poor kid. Yeah, he, look, he, he looks like, he, like he's looking like he's going to try to just assassinate him right there in the middle of the field. I, like, I got you. Like, I got you. Guys, you can like guys, you can look with your eyes. You don't have to just stare the guy down like you're going to kill him. Like well, it's okay. That and turn turn like half your shoulder towards him. It's just like oh, that's it's like a bad blitzing linebacker there, coach. That's. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. So we got our reach. Which he ends up turning him loose. We got our pulling guard. That kid was a sophomore this year. This is our buck sweep play. So we got down blocks. We got two guards pulling to kick. Our backside guard should have wrapped a little bit more. He ends up kind of getting lost here and turns all the way around. So then it ends up he actually should have gotten the safety that's coming down. But Daryl's just an athlete and ends up making that guy miss. Goes all the way to the end zone. So this was after a punt. Uh, they ended up pinning us on. It ends up being like the half yard line. We're going to run a quick pitch here, and it's going to go 99. I will say this, Coach. That's that's slightly ballsy there to call quick pitch on the one. Like We, uh, you know, we have a um, – we figure what we – what everyone that scouts us out – when they think that uh, it's short yardage or, you know, hey, they got to get off, they think we're going to do something like trap or we're going to run like a belly or so on and so forth. Uh, we're all about getting the ball in our playmaker's hands, and he's definitely uh, one of our big-time playmakers. He had over 2,000 yards rushing this year uh, as a junior. Uh, he had transitioned, actually. He was the fullback for us last year, yeah. and 
you went to the main running back this year, so it was kind of a new position for him. But we just liked the matchup with him being able to get us off the line, and then it ended up going 99 yards. That was a pretty good down block by your, I think that was your tight end there. Or was it your tackle? Uh, your tackle. Yeah, he ends up reaching, and then we get a down block coming from our fullback. Um, right there. Yeah, there. yeah we had uh, flanked our uh, fullback out um, just so we could make sure. And he's really good. Partain is really good. Anytime that we need a block, we can move him around. And, um, I mean, he'll get the job done and have zero excuses. Let's see. Green Forest. So this is going to be a quick pitch. Uh, this against uh, the first team we played was a 4A school. We're 3A. Uh, this is against another 4A school. Uh, in our non-conference. So this is going to be quick pitch. Like I said, we've got two guys up here to down block, and then we should be pulling a guard. And our down block actually takes out our pulling guard. Quick pitch again. <laughs> he uh he does not shy away from contact uh, here we are back to trap now say in some of these uh, here's another reason i love trap in a bunch of, in fact in most of these the pulling guard that is doing the trapping is a sophomore and he weighs 141 pounds and he's blocking guys that are 260 plus, and he's just using his angle and using how aggressive he fires off the ball and hits. And all it takes is just that split second of getting him out of the way for our fullback to clear. Thirty-one sweep. Again, we got two. Now we have two sophomore guards pulling. Uh, both of them weigh about buck 45 or so. We've got the pull kick. We've got our wall of down blocks there. Jace is pulling up, looking for someone. He ends up blocking that guy just enough. Daryl ends up going and scoring. Lavaca, this is our week four game. 31 sweep. Or our uh, bug sweep. key to that play working is really your down blocks on the front side and then your guards pulling and kicking. He can't be afraid of anyone that's out there. He's got to go and at least, you know, make a pile there. Yeah. And then your backside guard, if he pulls and fills and even gets a piece on a linebacker, if you have a good running back, he should be gone by then. And Daryl's gotten really good about 
being patient and following his linemen and kind of setting his blocks up, uh, so to speak, versus just barreling through there and, you know, trying to outrun everyone. Here's a quick pitch again. He just runs a kid over at the goal line. Here's another quick pitch. This is a different kid running the ball. It's one of our favorite weak side plays. Uh, Charleston. This was a big game against our rival. Kind of, we kind of end up having like a uh, thunder and lightning effect with Partain and uh, Daryl there. Uh, Partain's a hammer that can go and just drag people. And it ends up showing about the third quarter, so they get tired of tackling him. And then here's a good uh, 31 sweep out of Daryl. Here we go. This is near the end of the season. This is Mansfield. Here's another trap. And I'll show you a clip from last year with uh, Trap where we run it with a, a uh, well, this is one that they, uh, we put a running back basically there at our halfback spot. That kid's a sophomore. He ended up um, pretty high on the rushing list for this year too. Here's our buck sweep again. We've got our two sophomores out there. I like not blocking the corner and just making that corner have to come up, especially if you've got a physical um, running back and having him come up. Let's see. I think this is one of the last ones. So this is Lamar. They were 4A or 3A when we played them. They were in our conference last year. They actually bumped up to 4A this year, so we didn't play them. But we scored three touchdowns on them with trap plays. First one's just a normal trap with Daryl. And the key here, we get on the linebackers. Our big uh, our big six seven guard there gets on the linebacker just enough and then it just seals and parts right up the middle. And then this one We've run basically, he's almost in a wing position. It almost looks like a double wing type deal. Uh, this would be like a one upset. And so it's still a trap, but we're running it with our running back that is up here. Like I said, uh, Daryl this year was, this was his sophomore year. He was a fullback for us. Um, it just opens up. That's one of the reasons we love that play so much is it just hit so fast and you oh, can be gone. Is there anything that gives you like your traps and problems? Anything you kind of see that kind of causes some issues for you, coach? Teams had started putting a shade there um, to stop trap uh, where he's not head up on our center. They will get 
either half and half or sometimes they just park him in the gap, but he's really kind of pinching hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if teams do that, Trap's probably not a great play that night, but we could still run it. Uh, we just have to change our rules a little bit, uh, makes kind of some halftime adjustments. Um, you know, it, it, the, the general rule is if you, uh, you trap the first down lineman past the center. So the rule would be to trap that guy that's a shade. If he's pinching hard, it makes it a little bit more difficult, especially if he's not lining up on a lineman, if he's just lining up in a gap. Uh, a lot of teams have tried to do that, but we've still had decent success, you know, running the trap. It just might be, you know, four or five yards instead of, you know, a 20, 30 yard burst. Um, so to speak, but that's, that's what we've seen quite a bit is, you know, they'll move that uh, nose over to be like a shade and then they'll really creep their linebackers up to where there's hardly anyone outside of the box. Uh, Lamar had five here, six, seven, eight. So they would have eight because these linebackers would start creeping up to be, you know, about four yards away. So now you have eight in the box you got to worry about. Yeah. But again, you saw on those trap clips, if you make it past the linebackers, now you're in secondary. So it's a feast or famine type approach on defense. I mean, it's either going to be a big play or you're going to give up a big play. Yeah. I mean, tra- traps out of this offense, traps one of my favorite plays. I mean, it, it, it as I said, it, it, it was actually our favorite third down play this year. Because it could, I mean, it can just pop, and if it doesn't pop, it's safe. Like, mm-hmm. so um, both ends on the ball, and I mean, you should be guaranteed at least a few yards, um, you know, on it. Um, yeah. Worst case, you're probably getting zero or, or minus one if something really blows up. Most of the time, you're probably getting two to four, and then um, when it's run right, I mean, you're popping for twenty plus most of the oh, time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's... it doesn't have the risk of, uh, running quick pitch in your own end zone, <laughs> uh, you know, per se, where he's, uh, catching the ball a few yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and that's why we like him. We'll run, we'll run trap with our running backs because it just hits that much faster. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those cats, they hit a crease and they could be gone. Um, our main fullback, he's still he's still really a, he's a tough runner. He just doesn't quite have the speed that those other guys do. But I mean, yeah. he's more of a sledgehammer coming at you. Now, I, while we wrap up here, a couple quick questions. Um, what does you what, for from an install perspective? What is the kind of the process you guys go through? <clears throat> so we, like I said, we always start with bug sweep. Um, we will teach them. First thing we got to find is our quarterback. I mean, and we're talking, I'm talking seventh grade. So, cause there's, so we're a three man staff, seven through 12. So we went, when we start with seventh grade, we got to find a quarterback who can take a snap from under center. That's usually um, hard part. Cause everyone, you know, growing up, they see the NFL and college and everyone's spread out and, you know, shotgun snap and stuff. We want them under center in our offense, and then gradually we'll move to where we can be in like a pistol or a shotgun in certain situations. Um, but it's all about just fundamentals, 
for sure for the first several days. Here's how you get in the stands. Here's how you would uh, snap the ball. Here's how you take a snap, so on and so forth. Once we got all that down, we teach the buck sweep, and then we go to trap. Um, reverse is a good one that we'll go to after that. And then we go to waggle, which is one of our – uh, probably our main pass play that we've been running off the play action off the buck sweep look. Um, and then we'll gradually get to quick pitch and then we can sprinkle in some of our other stuff. Um, read, we call belly read. So, yeah. uh, our read play, you know, we'll get that installed and tell them the rules on that and all that stuff. Right, I appreciate it, coach. Um, and then kind of like the last thing before we go is, is um, I'm always curious about this when I talk to guys, is when you when you guys as a staff are, are looking to learn more or develop more for the, the, the wing T stuff, who do you guys kind of like reach out to in your area or talk to? or? <clears throat> well, so um, in our area that runs stuff similar to us, uh, you have Prairie Grove, which is where our head coach came from. Um, so he will call uh, Danny Absher and talk to him um, as far as, a, hey, the, this is what they're doing on defense to us. How did you adjust what, you know, what plays you were calling or formations to take advantage of this? Um, Coach Absher's, you know, one of the legends here in Arkansas. Um, you got uh, Lake Hamilton that just made the 6A state title game. They're running the wing tee. Uh, we can go and talk to them. Uh, Harding Academy, one of the colleges, they're they're more flex bone, uh, but they still have some wing tee principles here. Um, I mean, there's just a bunch around the area that run uh, kind of a similar offense to what we run. Uh, Rise in Arkansas, uh, we could go and talk to that guy, Clay Toddy. He's, again, another coaching legend, over 200 wins in his career. Um you see it a lot more with us in the smaller, you know, when I say small, I mean, 4A down. You see wing T and flex bone uh, more predominantly in the smaller schools versus the larger schools. But Lake Hamilton's yeah. one of the bigger schools, and they're running the wing T. And it's just, it's hard, it's so hard to prep for just in a week. Uh, and that's one of the reasons we really like it is, you know, with all the misdirection and all that stuff. Um, it's really hard to prep for in a week, especially if you're going against a flex bone or like a split back beer type team, man, it's difficult versus here's another spread team. They're going to go doubles. They're going to go trips, you know, pretty much they're going to run like a zone or a GT and, you know, have some wrinkles off of that, but it's nothing drastically different than what you've seen from another spread team, so to speak. Yeah. No, I get you coaching. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Um, coaches who are listening to this or watching this, his contact information in the bio, his Twitter, and so forth. Um, so if you want to get a hold of him, talk some football with him, talk some wing T, or have any other questions about Arkansas football, uh, like I said, you can reach out to him below. Uh, please do that. Give him a follow. Um, obviously, like normal, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't, it just helps everything out with that. Um, and then just thank you again. And, um, this is another episode of the gap down backer podcast.